This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen along with you. Well, efforts to improve health in the United States have traditionally looked at the health care system as the key driver of health and health outcomes. The Affordable Care Act has increased opportunities to improve health by expanding access to health coverage. However, while increasing access to health care is important, Research has shown that improving population health and achieving health equity really require broader approaches that will also address social, economic, and environmental factors that influence health. Here to help us better understand what these factors are and what can be done about them are Dr. Sandra Lane. She is a public health professor at the Falk College of Syracuse University and Arnett Haygood-L, Associate Director for Street Addictions Institute of Syracuse. Thank you so much for coming in. Welcome to you both. Dr. Lane, let me start with you, because you both of you have been doing a lot of research in this area. We know that there are many factors that affect the health of individuals and communities. And though in America we've spent our healthcare expenditures are in like three trillion, they're projected to be really astronomical, the outcomes in the United States continue to fall behind many developed countries. What in your estimate at this point are the crucial factors that really do de- determine health? Well, first of all, health care is very, very important. And we're fortunate to have really great health care institutions in Syracuse. And Upstate is, is definitely among the most important. Um, but you can have people who live within a mile of major hospitals all over the world and are dying from preventable causes. Partially, we think it's because people didn't have access to health care. And as you said, the Affordable, Care Act era, the Affordable Care Act has begun to change that situation. But if you live in a neighborhood in which the houses have lead poisoning, have lead in them and children are lead poisoned, if you live in a neighborhood in which it's violent, like many in Syracuse, and there's gunshots around your house, around your school every day, that even if you're not injured by a gunshot, that's going to, to result in some psychological trauma. Um, or you if, may not want to go outside. If you, your, <laughs> mother may, your mother may not want you to go outside, so that increases obesity. Um, We have neighborhoods in Syracuse that have food deserts where you cannot purchase healthy food. Fresh Um, food of any Fresh food, yes. Um, And there's there's other situations like that. Some some individuals uh, have other exposures to toxins. Um, But I would say that food, air, water, all the things that actually uh, Hippocrates knew about 450 BCE. So we are, basically what you're saying is that it, it, obviously some of the determinants or the social determinants really have a strong impact, a stronger impact on health than even perhaps disease entities because they lead to the development of many of these kind of diseases. Um, Arnett, tell us about you know your view of the social determinants within the community. Well, um like Dr. Lane said, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, neighborhoods are kind of toxic when it comes to uh, the, the the violence. Um, and not just here in Syracuse, but in, in ur- other urban centers abroad. Um, I don't, in my opinion, 
I don't think that, you know, the police see themselves as part of the health system or landlords see themselves as a part of the health system. Um, and this is very important. You have to understand that uh, a lot of disease come from stress, right? And stress related issues. And uh, if we can, if we can eliminate that or, or try to work on that, but that's not the the issue in this country. We look at uh, violence as, as a behavioral issue, not a not an issue of, of a mind disease. Um, in our research, we found that um, people are drawn to the violence or, or the violence has uh, traumatized the, the community as a whole, the police departments, the landlords, uh, city government, education, whereas, you know, uh, Landlords are dealing with certain things because of the issue, the mental issues of the tenants or the renters. Uh, the police are dealing with issues in the neighborhood because children have grown up in this in this climax of violence where they had normalized, where they're where had, where they are uh, desensitized to the violence and have normalized the violence at, at, at abnormal. Behavior. So what you're saying is one of the things I guess I came across in looking at some of these issues myself is that. A lot of the health behaviors like smoking, diet, lack of exercise are very important determinants of what we call premature death or poor health. And what I hear Arnett saying is that a lot of that grows out of an environment Absolutely. that at this point is unhealthy for, for the people And there's even in determinants of those behaviors. For example, uh, children are more likely to smoke cigarettes if they live in neighborhoods where the, the corner so stores sell loose cigarettes, they're called Lucy's, they sell them one at a time for 50 cents each. And if you have a certain number of cigarettes before you're 18, because of brain development, you are much more likely to become addicted. Exactly. And you're more likely to become addicted if you have access to cigarettes. So we, one of our studies also demonstrated that there is a link with lead poisoning of children and subsequent uh, use of tobacco. Now that has to be studied a bit more. It's, uh, I, don't, I think we're the only ones who found that. But it makes sense because uh, lead poisoning in childhood um, causes in many of the children as they grow up uh, more risk-taking behavior. Um, and so lower. that you're suggesting that there's actual yeah. brain damage happening oh, absolutely. during the very formative years. It's not just um, it, it's not just lowered learning ability for math and 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 reading, which is terribly important, but it's lowered executive function, and that's well uh, understood. So judgment, decision making, yes. analytic yep. abilities. Mm -hmm. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm Linda Cohen, along with health researchers Dr. Sandra Lane and Arnett Haygood L. And we're talking about the social determinants of health. So we know basically that um, all of this. The, the actually, I read somewhere that. Basically, the, the issues of, of poor education, racial segregation, the fact of poverty can account, I said, to over one-third of the total deaths in the United States in a given year. And the likelihood of premature death increases as income goes down. Yep. So basically what you're saying is we can't just look at health in isolation. We have to look at it within an environment. Absolutely. And that's exactly what you were talking about. Uh, Arnett, tell us a little bit more about this how the culture of violence, as you said, is addictive 
as you were describing earlier. And how, in what way is it addictive? Well, um, we, uh, in, our, in our research, we did a, uh, what we call trauma map, where we mapped um, all the gunshots in Syracuse, uh, data from Syracuse Police Department, um, and we mapped all the gunshots. And as you see the map, there are clusters, what we call gunshot clusters, right? So areas where the violence is higher. Yes, and as we overlay the maps where all the elementary schools are, the air, all the the thirteen elementary schools, nine of them fall into that cluster. Well, that suggests right there, Dr. So Lane, in the that elementary schools, in the gunshot clusters, reading and math scores in the third grade are half as high. They're fifty percent lower, and school suspensions, even in elementary schools, are twice as high. But also, um, Arnett and his colleague um, Noble Timothy Jennings Bay with uh, Dessa Bergensico and myself, uh, faculty members at Syracuse, um, did a, a study of former gang members. And it was an interview study. And uh, the gang members exhibited uh, what we have called a behavioral addiction to the excitement of the street. Two factors. One is that um, the excitement of the street, even seeing a gun, gives rise to a little hit of uh, adrenaline. And at the same time, many of the individuals come from dysfunctional families and they have intense bonding with their mates in the street culture. And those two things, we published it now, it's accepted now as a behavioral addiction. So in fact, the, the fact that these young people are exposed to this kind of violence mm -hmm. early on really affects not only their future behavior, but also their health. Because as we said, often there's premature death from mm -hmm. violence, but then the, the impact is larger. And I think that's what you were implying, Absolutely. Arnett, that it has an impact on the community and all the members of community. Absolutely. For example, if there are no playgrounds or if they're afraid to go out and play because of gun violence Absolutely. or this kind of thing, the issue of diabetes or obesity, therefore diabetes, all of those kind of health issues arise. Absolutely. Am I correct? Absolutely. Uh, so basically, Dr. Lane, the question then is, what can be done? And is it important to look at health through the lens of the social determinants and all of the economic um, and, you know, and social issues that are really creating this very toxic environment? Well, I was asked by the Institute of Medicine to chair a committee on integrating the social determinants of health into, health edu into education for health professionals. And that report is now out, published by the National Academies of Press, uh, National Academy of Press, sorry. And um, I know that the uh, deans of the medical school at Upstate and, and the dean of the School of Health Professions and our chancellor at Syracuse University, my dean in Folk College, are all very interested in working together on trying to um, have uh, faculty and students at all of our institutions uh, learn more about the social determinants of health and learn how they can make a difference. Because it key, it, that's one obviously very important step to educate those healthcare providers or the healthcare provider educators mm -hmm. of the next generation of physicians, mid-level mid uh, PAs, NPs, all of that, who are going out and interfacing 
with the community to be apprised of what are the factors that play a role. But I guess in the little bit of time we have left, what do you think could be done to really make a difference? Actually, um, it's not just, we have to go beyond. Remember, we, we were talking about not just um, taking this and putting it in the health perspective. We have to start looking at, looking at it through the lens of trauma. Right. So, again, when I said that the community is under this canopy of trauma, we have to make the <clears throat> other institutions aware, police departments, teachers, housing, uh, authorities. housing authorities, city governments. Um, they have to be aware of the problem so they can address the problem accordingly. You know what I mean? Um, and, and deal with the issue. Right. Of not just this being a behavior. Right. But what led to the behavior. Right. Social services. Right. They need to understand and be aware of and look through things through what I like to call the trauma, the trauma lens. Go ahead. Dr. Uh, one of the things I wanted uh, Arnett to talk about is the fact that right now there's ongoing work with the Street Addiction Institute. Um, they are they're not waiting for anything to to work. They've been. Uh, conducting uh, activities with, in conjunction with the police, uh, with the school district, with Destiny Mall, um, together with Syracuse University. We've written now, I think, seven grants. Uh, two have been funded so far. To what end? Just briefly, we have only a little bit of time left. To do what? To kind of, um, well, we have like a twofold mission that's written into our mission in the Institute is kind of to train the trainers in that, and at the same time, um, be a be a liaison between uh, certain institutions or certain organizations and, and the community to help inform all the goals. Absolutely, to help inform people of why are people acting this way, um, and we also know that behavior is is a driver in, in social determinants of health. There's so much more we could talk about. Unfortunately, we run out of time. But I thank you both for coming in and helping really inform all of our listening audience about the very important work that you're doing. My guests have been um, Sandra, Dr. Sandra Lane, and she is a professor of public health at the Fall College at Syracuse University, and Arnett Haygood-L, who's the associate director for the Street Addictions Institute of Syracuse, New York. Thank you both so much Thank for you. coming Thank in. You. Thank you. I'm Linda Cohen, and you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air.